everybody, and welcome to another episode of Yali Reddit. My name's Laura. I am one of the hosts of this podcast. And my name is Maggie, and I am the other host of this podcast. And we are just as important as the other one. Cannot be without each other. We are on our 11th season of our late and great podcast where we read young adult novels. This season we're reading the One of Us trilogy by Karen M. McManus. And you have caught us on book two. One of Us is next. And Maggie and I are devouring this series in every positive way you can imagine. I'm loving these books so much. <laughs> yeah, and I was kind of surprised. Um, I didn't tell you this, but I went out with someone last weekend and I said that we were covering these books and she was like, oh, I think I read that one, like the one where the guy dies of a peanut allergy. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, the people love so do it. You think- Do you think they're listening to our podcast, your friend that you were out with? Maybe. Hi, Ariana. Um, I told her that she could borrow an advanced copy of, like, the third book, feeling very cool about that. I was like, this feels very posh. Here you go. Well, I mean, the book, the third book does come out next Tuesday, so. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. That's so exciting. That's not what the book that we're on right now we're on the second one we're also joined in the studio by my barney stinson mug that i've left upstairs for three weeks just you know keeping neil patrick in her thoughts yeah you gotta love to love to look at a mug everybody has a favorite you know i just kind of like him as like the idea of a fan we have one fan always in the studio with us and it's it's neil patrick harris's barney stinson from how i met your mother Uh, you know that's a path that you're going down, Meg, and I love that for I'm you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not endorsing his character. He's bad. It's just. It's just the mug no. I have up here. Yeah. It's okay. Hey, you know hey. Some somebody had to buy that mug, and somebody has to have that mug on their desk during their podcast recording. <laughs> I didn't buy it. It's just here. I I just said somebody said had somebody. to. Like it's not like it just showed up randomly at the house you're at. You know, this somebody is, at the house bought it. This is our one of us's next moment of trying to the yeah. murder mystery of who bought the Barney Stinson mug. I don't know. It's a stretch, but I'll allow it. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> um, okay, diving into this book, I will say after the last book, I was like, where is this trilogy going to go next? Um, and I wasn't expecting to completely get a new cast of characters. Oh, yeah. It was really nice because at the beginning of the book, um, you get re-familiar with the old characters and the new characters. Yeah in basically a screenshot of a yeah. text message like iphone and you see all their names and like a contacts list yeah oh, contact list that's what it's called yes <laughs> that um a list of all your friends in one place contact list and that's kind of like a easier way to refamiliarize yourself like go back and this book like laura said takes a big 180 in terms of it deviates a little bit away from like someone running a gossip blog i'm that's not where it is but i mean it's a new plot that really works because i think it's a formula that works really well and i think it's great no it's great it's really cool to see that she was like i'm gonna take a complete step in a different direction it's still gonna be like a mystery thriller type but Mm -hmm. it's gonna be in the same world but different which I thought was really really cool um I also felt like since uh as we remember from our first book we had all of those different POVs from the four different characters we only Mm -hmm. have three characters we're focusing on right now and I do felt like we lived with all of those characters a little bit longer each time we tapped into them for their point of view yeah um which I which I all I I really would love to know like if it's like is it was it easier to just uh, have less characters and stick with them a little bit longer? Or did the story just kind of call for that? That's something like that I, I think is really just the, the book is a standalone book, which is cool. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. it deals a lot with the first book, but it does exist in its own playing field, you know? Yeah. So one of us is next kind of comes on the heels of the where the last book ended it seems like the four of them are moving on from the incident where Simon has killed himself and tries to stage it on Bronwyn, Nate, Addie, and Cooper for his death. Doesn't really work. They've started living their life. And this book opens with two teaser chapters, which is something we haven't seen before. 
Yeah. One is a news segment indicating a student has passed. So, you know, kind yeah. of foreshadowing. And the other is this thread on a Vengeance is Mine forum that Simon used mm-hmm. to use featuring an exchange about like wanting revenge between a Darkest Mind user name and a Bayview 2020 username. Yeah. And that's where we start this one. Yes. And then we immediately tap into who our characters are going to be this book. Uh, so instead of our Bayview 4, we now have a little th- three-person uh, crew. One who we met last book, it is Maeve, who is Bronwyn's little sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is taking place, I think, like six months after this all went down. Uh, and then we also have Knox, who is like her... I want to say best friend, but it, it kind of just feels like they're friends by default in a way. They like dated briefly and now they just kind of hang out all the time. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like they have anyone outside of each other. Yeah. And then there's also Phoebe, who doesn't really relate to either of them. They kind of all fall into the plot together and become a lot closer. Yeah. Um, but we we start with Maeve. She's getting texts from Bronwyn. We kind of get an update of where everybody's at. Bronwyn's at, at Yale. Addie is working at Cafe Contigo, which is a very big setting in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cooper is playing, playing ball at, at, at State. Uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, yes, he's at Cal <laughs> State. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nate's, Nate's, you know, doing some classes at a community college, working, working when he can. So that's kind of where we hear about the other um, Bay- Bayview people that we grew, grew to love the last book. Bronwyn ended up at Yale. We all kind of expected that. And Nate and Bronwyn were trying to do some long distance, but they are on a break right now. But we do yeah. get updates sometimes on them intersplice because obviously all of the characters interact with each other, which is pretty fun. And yeah. everyone is gathered at Cafe Contigo um, from the first book, Luis, who was Cooper's friend. It is his family's restaurant. And they are there to watch Cooper play baseball. They are freaking ready to go. Um, he's doing really well. He's pitching a great game. And then they put in a substitute pitcher and they start losing, which is a bummer. But a lot of people yeah. are there to watch him. So yeah, yeah. Cooper's like uh like Cooper's like a little, little famous boy now. Um but we also get a little tap in with Maeve here that she's still like very hung up on all these events that happened last year. And it's like, Maeve, it didn't even happen to you. Move on. Yeah. Um <laughs> I know, Maeve, come on. Maeve, move on. Live your own life. Um, Stop living in Bronwyn's exactly. shadows. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then we get a, a POV from Phoebe who works at Cafe Contigo. She also lives across from Ashton and Eli who are getting married soon. Um, so she's across the hall from Addie. Um, and we learn that, uh, we learn a lot from her really quick. So in addition to her job and living by Addie, her mom has a cake business and is helping out with the wedding. And her dad died three years ago. Mm-hmm. She has a sister named Emma who is like a, a just a hair older than her and is very, very serious and very mature. And she has a friend named Jules who, for lack of a better word, sucks. Yeah. Jules does not seem to be thoughtful of Phoebe's feelings whatsoever. Um, no. And Phoebe is going a lot because after her dad died in this like freak accident at a granite construction company, a slab of granite fell on him. They really had to rearrange their life. They had to downsize to an apartment. Um, Her family isn't as close as they used to be. And that's kind of hard because they all were pretty close before. Um, It's also emphasized that it's like they all have red hair and without their dad, uh, it doesn't really make sense because he had really red hair. So it looks like their mom is just hanging out with a ton of strange kids. Yeah. Yeah, her, their like their mom doesn't look anything like them, so that sucks for their mom. Yeah, um, and also a thing about Jules is she's like really obsessed with like trying to get Nate to like her. Yeah, um, and it's like to no avail. Um, and we also learn about Phoebe is that she is hooking up with high school hottie bully mm-hmm. Brandon, and they love to rendezvous underneath the bleachers before school a lot. Yeah, she's gonna be late to first period. She's getting like felt up um yeah oh she's yeah Yeah. it seems like she's kind of torpedoing her life in lieu of her dad dying by probably the wrong people yeah i learned we learned about phoebe that like she works very hard to like Mm -hmm. make money but like she also like 
kind of tends to crave validation, it seems, in all the wrong ways is kind of how I, I read it. Yeah. Um, But we immediately get a plot point dropped on us and we have a truth or dare page mm. that is just launching. And this is coming after a lot of people have tried to create new gossip blogs. They all fizzle out. So this truth or dare thing is like, just another one that they're chalking up to someone's trying to copy Simon, mm-hmm. but it's a, two, a truth or dare text that goes to the entire school. And Phoebe gets an individual text to herself saying that she is the first person pick truth or dare. We go from this to being introduced to Knox, our soft-spoken, tall, uh, langy king. I feel like he was very like string bean-ish. Um, yeah. And he is shopping for a wallet for his mom because he's an ally. Um, when he realizes <laughs> <laughs> he's an ally to moms, he's like, I really need to get to work. And there's this like parking garage that people use as a shortcut between the mall and downtown. Basically, you have to like jump on a roof to essentially get across it. So he does so he can get to his internship at Until Proven, that nonprofit law firm from the first book that Eli works at. And, you know, he's just an intern there. He's doing intern stuff, fixing the copier, probably yeah. the last one to eat cake. That's kind of intern yeah. stuff. You get the I cake, think my favorite candy. thing about <laughs> my favorite thing about Knox's intro is that uh, when he's like, he like makes his bus just in time and he ends up getting sucked into a conversation with an old lady yeah. and he talks about how he has nice young man face. So like every adult will just strike up a conversation with him because he seems like a nice guy. And I'm like, that is so horribly funny that like he's just kind of destined to be like, you know, the guy that you want your like kid to bring home, but like your kid's never going to bring him home. (laughs) Oh, I know. Absolutely. And then he's probably like always getting reminded of that by striking a conversation with these moms who are trying to set him up with their daughter. And he's like, that's okay. permanent friend zone vibes like the guy you'd be like you know if he was just like this then I would date him but like he's such a good friend you know (laughs) yeah yeah so that is Knox's truth um yeah he's at this job doing nothing when a truth text about Phoebe rolls in and he's like oh my god because she She didn't didn't do the dare she didn't do the dare and or the, the truth. Oh, I guess she the did. Truth. I don't think she responded. Yeah. Well, I guess she by default got the truth because she didn't get to pick. So I would be have a truth revealed about me by default because I am so fucking bad at texting people back that I would think it's like Bernie Sanders campaign reaching I, out to me. Yeah. No, I feel like I'd be like, oh, I'll just like respond to those later. I feel like if it was an unknown number, I'd be like, block. Like I don't know you. Yeah. Um. But Phoebe's secret is. That she hooked up with her sister Emma's ex-boyfriend. Yikes. Yikes. Can you, you don't want to tell me how how disastrous of a secret do you think this is? I mean, I feel like that would be pretty bad. Especially yeah. I think when you're young and you're competing for men's attention. And you're like, oh my god, I cannot imagine being close to a sister in age in high school. Who yeah. is academically better than me, like things like that. Like, I mean, I think on either end, you're going to be competing with each other. So I would feel like shit and want to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I feel like I would give it like an eight. It's like, it's very high up there, but I still think you could get worse. <laughs> yeah, probably. If it's yeah, like probably. they slept together in the same night, then that might be a little bit different. Yeah. Or it's like if it was like a torrid affair going like on and on and on, like that pretty bad or if they were like still hooking up you know yeah i feel like a one-time hookup that's bad but it could it could be worse maybe maybe i don't know let us know let let us know your thoughts listeners yeah what do you think is Um, worse sleeping with your sister's boyfriend or dating the sister's boyfriend well, okay, that's not fair. People yeah. are obviously yeah, going to be like dating. dating with, yeah, exactly. Anyways. Um, but give us a number. Anyway. News of this is getting through the community, and we switch to Maeve doing homework at the cafe, and she's kind of like wondering if she should text Phoebe a checkup. They're not that close, but no. she works at the cafe a lot. Phoebe literally is employed by the cafe. Maeve's just there. That's what I didn't get yeah, in the beginning. She just works Maeve there. Maeve is literally like... I guess we could be friends because I'm always here. She work here. That could mean friendship with female. Yeah. Um, but we also get another little side plot for Maeve 
Um, she gets a nosebleed this evening and she starts to worry that her cancer is coming back uh, because we know that she had leukemia. Was it leukemia or lymphoma? She had leukemia. It was leukemia. And so she knows that was a, a symptom of the last time she relapsed. So she is worried that that might be coming for her. Um, and as if she couldn't be more tempted to strike up a conversation with Phoebe, she does see Sean and Brandon like teasing her at lunch. And Maeve's like, maybe I'll step in. But then like Phoebe can handle it herself. She tells them off pretty swiftly. Oh, it's great. Um, Sean, the asshole, kind of wanders yeah. over and he's essentially... I mean, it's all slut shaming. Obviously, it's going to be happening. Oh yeah, and People in the school are mean. Oh, oh my god. god, they're so mean. Between like Cooper being outed as gay, and then this, yeah. But Phoebe handles it like a pro. Sean is like, "Hey, Phoebe, you want to fuck me too?" And she responds, "No, thanks. If I want to be bored and disappointed, I'd watch you play baseball." Which I <laughs> fucking get him, Phoebe. Yeah, I know. I really like Phoebe as a character. And um, they're talking about this at lunch. People are like, should we just maybe tell the parents? And Phoebe is like, no, because then phones will get taken away and then people will blame me, which, yeah, I would think the same thing. Yeah, yeah cover your ass. Don't do it. Um, we do get a POV of uh, Phoebe after this. Emma has finally come home after this secret has dropped. And she is like immediately into Phoebe asking her why she did it. What happened? And Phoebe just tells her, you know, it it wasn't like while they were together. It was after they were broken up. She was drunk at a party. Derek, her ex-boyfriend, was there. They hooked up in, like, the laundry room at Jules's party. So mm-hmm. um, very much it didn't mean anything. Phoebe does feel horrible about it. Yeah. Uh, but Emma's Emma's not having it. Emma's, no. Emma's pissed. No, she's really upset. Yeah. World is shattering because unknown indicates the next player is going to be targeted soon. Um, Yeah. So that's going to be chaos in a little bit. At Knox's house, um, he's got like three sisters and they all have K names, which I feel like a lot of families do that for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why why it makes it sound a little culty, you know? I'm hey, we were almost a K family. We had Kelly and Kyle and then me. Maggie. <laughs> so the K family that I never got to be, they are in their little house. Yeah, this playing. is you just being bitter about it. <laughs> so anyways, Knox, whose name could start with an M, he is playing Bounty Wars. Um, it's a video game and his sister wants to get food. So they decide to go grab wings for dinner. It's noted that Knox doesn't really have a great relationship with his dad, who seems to put a lot yeah. of pressure on him. Um, But when they get to the wing zone, they notice that the head of Bayview's wildcat mascot, the costume is on the inflatable chicken that is atop the restaurant. And um, he gets a text that says that it was achieved by Sean, the asshole who Phoebe ran into at lunch. And that was his dare. Yeah. And much like I always wanted to know what what, uh, Jake was uh, like, hiding from us with Janae's big secret that like was being blackmailed. Yes. I want to know Sean's like, what was Sean's secret? Like, what was it? I mean, you know, what what did they have between him and Brandon? I would have assumed at least one of them uh, took advantage of a woman in a state. That's a, that's a a pretty trope that rings true for, I feel like a lot of high school guys. I'm not just generalizing. That is a a good guess, I would say. So I would have probably, I would have figured that. And you know what? And I'm going to segue out of this real quick. (laughs) We're going (laughs) to. I got real fast. We're going to hang up the phone real fast on that. That's a, (laughs) that's a, that's a spam caller. That is a a scam likely. We do not like it. But we voice Uh, intrusive thoughts sometimes on Yahweh (laughs) Radio. We're a safe hey, space for intrusive we're thoughts. We're a safe space and we're very honest and transparent with uh with how we're thinking and feeling. Um, we're going to check in with Maeve's point of view here. Bronwyn is home for the weekend. Um, and Bronwyn is ever the planner grilling Maeve about her future because, you know, Maeve has to go to college at some point and think about that. Yeah, Bronwyn really wants her to go to University of Hawaii for some reason. I don't know. I think... Yeah, Bronwyn strikes me as somebody who, like, 
here's one thing that somebody is interested in oh. and then somehow snowballs that into like a, a something that they don't actually enjoy you know show she'd be great on extreme makeover home edition oh my god yeah be like so you like the color pink so we actually put peacock feathers all around the room and it's like how did you get from point a to point b that doesn't make sense i don't know but bronwyn's behind the wheel and she's gonna drive there so yeah yeah and so mave is also not having this because mave also thinks she is relapsing so she doesn't really think she's gonna be like alive in a couple years anyway um and we also learned from bronwyn is that she is hanging out with her ex-boyfriend evan that she like dated in between nate the like first time they broke up so that's a big yuh-oh from me. Yeah, Maeve is like, well, what is that going to mean for Nate? And Bronwyn's like, it's not It's not going to matter. It's it, Be quiet. We're, it's not a big deal. Yeah, no. she's also like, Nate and I aren't dating. <laughs> Maeve is in sleuth mode, though. She's like, I got my <gasps> blinders on. She finds Simon's revenge forum. Vengeance is mine. It is alive and well. And the posts, they're not too sus yet, but they're still weird. At the restaurant, Luis disrupts her thoughts, comes up to flirt with her. <laughs> And is this flirting? Is this moment flirting though? He asks her why she's always there. <laughs> Listen, like brutal. That is brutal. If my crush, like in high school, noticed me and was like, "I've noticed <gasps> that would that would translate in my head to I've noticed you enough times here that I've seen you and and I would feel seen." You know what I'm saying? Oh my god, I would be so embarrassed if somebody literally came up to me <laughs> and said, "Hey." Why the fuck are you always here? I'd be like, uh, I feel like I'm here a normal amount. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You're right. I mean, now it's embarrassing. Back then I would have been so excited that. You're right. You're right. Maybe high school me would have thought differently, but present day me would be like, oh my God, I need to pick a new spot. Okay. So Luis doesn't come up to flirt. He just comes up to state a fact. And, um, but once he figures out that her and Knox aren't a thing anymore because her and Knox used to date, he is like, that's kind of interesting. So Phoebe comes over to clarify that Luis is flirting with her. Um, yeah. And she reveals that Emma isn't talking to her. Um, but there's no time for any of this because there's a new post on the Revenge Forum website mm. indicating um from a darkest mind that simon would quote love the game he's playing right now so we're like is darkest mind the person Mm -hmm. i would think he is we don't know i would think so too um but we're not gonna get there yet because we're gonna shift over to p i said pb's uh phoebe's point of view uh and she is really clinging on to her friendship with jules that is fleeting throughout this book um yeah it's 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 so such a relatable feeling when you're just like oh our friendship has just like weirdly shifted changing uh and i don't really know what to do about it other than like really really try to keep hanging on yeah i mean you just Um, hope for the best and things get better yeah is what she's doing Um, but jules is not being a good friend once again all she cares about is the fact that nate's gonna be at the cafe tonight during phoebe's shift and she's like, what do you think Nate will like? And Phoebe's like, I was reaching out to talk to you uh, as a as a person. I do not want to talk about this. Their um, phone conversation is interrupted because there's a knock at the door and it's Brandon. And he, yikes! Uh, in response to getting ghosted for a little bit from Phoebe, does the very same thing of just showing up to her house, you know? Yep. And he also does the very awful thing of straight up assaulting her in the hallway of the building where she lives. Yeah, she slaps him because he's getting handsy and it's bad. And this elicits her younger brother to come outside and see what the fuss is about. And Brandon is seething, basically saying, your sister's a whore. Bye. 12, Brandon. Leave him alone. Let him play bounty hunters in peace. I know. Seriously, poor guy. After this, Phoebe has to go to the cafe. I would not want to go to the cafe. She has to work after this. And somehow this entire exchange of like seeing Owen and this whole thing reminds her of how her dad died, which we know was like a freak accident during a construction site where a thing, a construction slab dropped on him. Poor guy. Um, But she's she's a working girl. She cannot process this accordingly, which like I hate for her. And she has to go to work. The cafe is packed. And um, basically, like, the the Bayview 4 is in, like, the back party room. Mm-hmm. And Nate and Bronwyn are there. They're flirting. Cooper's there. Everybody's goo-goo-ga-ga for Cooper. Yeah, and then yeah. 
loser Evan shows up to like try to flirt with Bronwyn. He does get a reaction out of like Nate, which is what he wanted because Evan's a little fucking snake. Mm -hmm. And he is telling Bronwyn that she left her sunglasses in his car. And as Nate is about to leave, Jules comes in, busts through the door, straddles him and starts making out with him, which incredible move. First of all, I wish I had the balls to do that. She yeah. mouths on her way out. She's like, always take the dare to Phoebe. And the book takes a little bit of a break here. And we get a reporter segment um, with the principal of Bayview High indicating there's been another death. We just get it's just another moment. Yeah, of we don't know who that. We just know it's going to happen. And I honestly, I really like this as a way to kind of break up like all of the stuff that's going on to kind of tease us with like, here's what's happening. Here's what here's what Karen's cooking. That's what we're in Karen's kitchen we're right now. <laughs> Karen's kitchen confidential yeah Karen's cooking in about 45 pages you're gonna get the hottest of bombs dropped on you for her next dish she's seasoning with a little bit of Knox working at a till proven (laughs) that's a that's my segue he's great working at until proven he's helping with this diagnostio diagnostio it sounds like a pizza you know you know it's Italian a diagnostio <laughs> case. Um, <laughs> You're saying it different every single time. The D case, where an officer involved in dealing drugs um, tried to pin it on. I can't get over it. I'm sorry. He tried to pin it on convicted people so that he could get away with it. Um, kind of similar thing happened in Boston. But anyways, I digress. Um, he's doing that. He tried to pin it, and Knox is unveiling mail when he sees a death threat to Eli and he's like um what is this what do I do with this yeah he goes to one of the other lawyers Sandeep and he's like hey Sandeep like I just want to show you something really really scary came in the mail Sandeep shrugs it off he's like oh buddy we get death threats all the time put them in the death threat pile (laughs) like (laughs) could you imagine being just so like lax about that i feel like i would be terrified no my anxiety would be peak but he puts it in the death threat file because that's what the lawyers want and after this mave kind of catches him up to speed at the cafe about the revenge forum and trying to piece together some things when knox takes note of the bruises on her arm which she tries to cover up by saying she's bumped into things no kids are here no cancer least to my worries and a few a few knock sightings in the cafe first you notice that uh phoebe's brother owen comes in to just get some food get some dinner which like he takes notice like something he does normally and then also a really intense guy shows up that's all he's described as being very intense Mm -hmm. and he shows up like asking and like almost yelling for phoebe and he gets kicked out essentially for um being too intense the moment gets weirder when Maeve gets a truth or dare text, she's like, oh, no, I'm up next. Yeah, she's the next player. But she literally has no time to worry about this. She's like, you know what? I got to put the cancer thing front and foremost. She calls the doctor's office. They say that they can't give her any advice or see her without a guardian present, which she's upset about. Yeah. And Louise and finally. Time's time ticking. She has three hours left to, to settle if she's going to truth or dare. Luis does coax her out of the cafe to go ride on his handlebars to go look at his his thinking spot because he He wants Maeve exactly he wants Maeve to know that he's not just a dude bro he thinks and he also wants Maeve to know that outside is fun (laughs) outside is fun there's a lot of things Maeve's learning right now yeah so they go to this arboretum and it's like kind of a cute little moment I will say in the ranking of cute moments we've seen it is no Nate and Bronwyn, but it is still cute. Yeah. But Maeve, being the little worry wart that she is, uh, they kind of get a little flirty and Maeve just like really lets the moment fizzle and really just like hard breaks on it. It is not fun. I mean, I guess she does have a lot on her mind. I feel like I would just completely fumble the ball because he says yeah. that he almost had her, asked her out last year, but he didn't because Cooper didn't want him to because he's a player. And if a guy said this to me, I would think he was gaslighting me. I would think he was kidding. I would be like, I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Why are you playing yeah. a joke on me? That's mean. Yeah. Um, but something that Maeve really does care about is after this moment fizzles, she does find another Darkest Mind post that he uh, says that he really wants to outdo Simon. So 
more of her her you know sleuthing the internet's coming to something i guess yeah i mean she's looking for that truth baby she and she's gonna find it yeah and she also decides that she's not gonna play the game she's like whatever i can't imagine what they have on me it'll be fine i'm not doing anything with this she's not going to which kind of sucks because phoebe is getting bullied now on instagram someone put up a sign kind of indicating her and emma are offering threesomes which feels very high school a very high school thing to focus on but the two sisters seem to have united for a bit because they're at owen's spelling bee they mutually shut down a girl monica who jules is now friends with because she's kind of like harassing phoebe out in the parking lot yeah and derek um emma's ex-boyfriend the one that phoebe hooked up with dms phoebe asking to talk to her but phoebe's like i'm not gonna get involved i'm not gonna do this there's no way I'm not going to talk to him. Yeah. And Emma also during this finds out that Phoebe and Brandon used to be kissing under the bleachers. And Emma gets really pissed because obviously Brandon's making both of their lives a living hell out of this. Um, And this little POV moment ends with a little uh, taste of Maeve's secret has dropped, but we don't find out what it is right then. We just know that it's like a yo moment. Yeah. We switch to Knox for this moment, and he's running around at Until Proven. He doesn't have time to check his phone, which is really not good, because when he checks his phone, Maeve has called him a lot and is like, listen, I want you to hear it from me first. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at texts from Unknown. And the secret is that she basically dumped him because he couldn't get it up, and Knox is pissed. (laughs) Which, like, and she does say it's not fully true, but it definitely, like, kind of, like, added into, like, their entire, like, realization that, like, maybe we're just not meant for each other. But I do have to ask, Maggie, scale of one to ten, how bad is this true? (laughs) Okay, I mean, like, as a girl, I would, okay, if I was, like, 16, I would be stressed that people know that I want to have sex now, because then that makes you a target. Yeah. Um, um... I wouldn't think it's as bad for me as hilariously like I think that's a much worse thing for the guy. Yeah, I don't think this is anything for Maeve. I think like this is a two in Maeve's perspective. Like this is something you can come back from. Plenty of people are having sex. Because Maeve doesn't even get any flack for this. But for Knox, I'd put this at like a six. It's, yeah. pro- it's pretty embarrassing. I think like as Phoebe points it out later because she gets slut shamed and then Knox is slut shamed for not having sex um, basically. Um, yeah. but like I think if a guy can't get it up that's like high school food for fodder you know they're yeah. gonna eat that shit up um, yeah and um, <laughs> yeah it's unfortunate poor guy yeah so needless to say Knox and Maeve aren't on the best of terms after this so Maeve at school the next day taking in the sights there's a bunch of wet like cold limp noodles on Knox's locker which is like Who has that much time to put into bullying someone? Like, you spent the 20 minutes it takes to cook pasta to bring to school and glue it on a locker? Get a fucking hobby. Oh, my God. I know. Seriously, Um, there's so much work that has to go into that. Right? Like, Jesus, if you just apply that to your studies, think of how far you could go. (laughs) Well, I guess the bullying works because in the theater later that day, Maeve learns that Knox quit the school play, uh, which... You know, makes sense because people are going to be like, oh, play? That's gay. That's a gay thing. Yeah. And that's why you can't get it up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Maeve goes to the cafe after school um, and she's there like late. It's pretty dead. And Mr. Santos is like, let me make you some dinner. You're always here. You haven't eaten. Um, You also seem very stressed lately, which is really, really cute. And yeah. she's like, I don't really have any money. He's like, I'll make it for you. Um, and Luis comes in and starts taking over this little dinner making sesh and says, hey, Pops, you can get out of here. So now Luis and Maeve are alone in the kitchen. And they are bonding. She is catching him up yeah. to speed with everything that's happening at school. He's like, that place is really toxic. And she's like, yeah. And this kind of intimate moment is making her want to make a move with him. And they kiss. They start making out in the kitchen, which I imagine is a health code violation. But who am I to judge? <laughs> he picks her up and puts her on the counter. Definitely a health code violation, but not a Maggie yeah. and Laura violation. That's a Maggie and Laura. No, we, as, we want that to happen. 
Yeah, we want that stuff. That's a big thumbs up from Maggie and Laura. They are positively going at it. Like she, his brother comes in and Maeve has not realized how far her hands are up his shirt, which I was yeah. like, oh my God, they would have fucked. They truly yeah. would have fucked. Oh my god, no. And like the Manny is Luis's brother and he's described as really like a bumbling idiot. Like he's always in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's not good at being in a restaurant. And Manny kind of tries to like leave, but this does ruin the moment. Yeah. And it also gives um somehow gives Maeve this like light bulb realization that like she was talking about this whole knock situation about him not getting it up. Inside Cafe Contigo, which is not a private space, so someone easily could have overheard her. She's like, like I'm dumb, so dumb. Babe, what, how could you not think of that? I know. How can you not even like remember too that you talked to your sister about that? I feel like every yeah. time me and my sister talked about like intimate things with guys, I was like, this is pure bonding. We're really bonding this time moment. So I don't yeah. know how she forgot about it. I don't know. Um, now we're checking in with Phoebe. She is giving Jules a ride to school. She's not still not really doing the whole Emma thing. Um, and Phoebe's kind of had it with Jules liking mate situation. And Jules is not taking it well. <laughs> no, she's being kind of a cunt about it. She's like, all right, fine. Yeah. How about I go for Brandon? And Phoebe's like, no, dude. Like, none of them. They're, like... Yeah, they are, two, they're all bad. They're just not on the same page whatsoever. So... No. They get to school. They kind of disperse. And Phoebe runs into Knox, who seems miserable. And she's yeah. like, hey, buddy, how about we skip school? Let's go get coffee. Take your mind yeah. off some things. And they do. They have a little fun, like, little hooky last period time. And, of course, as they're leaving the mall, who do they run into but Jules and her new best friend, Monica... Who are just like being a little tittery about this. Like, ooh, we saw Phoebe and Knox getting coffee. Like, as if Ugh. it means anything. They suck. Um, Jules offers to give Knox a ride to his internship. But he's like, no, I'll take the shortcut. Um, and Phoebe realizes a few moments into her haphazard driving, her words, not mine, um, that a bunch of sirens are going back towards the mall. So did something happen? We're going to get an answer on that in the next scene where Maeve, Phoebe, and Addie are preparing wedding favors for Eli and Ashton's wedding when Ashton, who is trying to hook up Addie with Eli's cousin Daniel, which I thought was very fun, um, gets a text from Eli to turn on the news. And they do, and it's a report about the roof of that half-constructed parking garage we mentioned earlier collapsing, where one student is dead and one is in the hospital injured, and... Maeve is like freaking out uh, because yeah. this is when Phoebe tells her that Knox went there that night um, yeah. to go to work. Yeah. But we do learn very quickly that Knox is not dead. In fact, it is Brandon of all people who died, but Knox is in the hospital. And like, we also learned that apparently Sean and Jules and Monica were all there and Sean saved Knox from falling too. Um, yeah he punched him in the face because he was trying to stop him yeah which i don't get Knox immediately says this is a lie he clearly is concussed he cannot remember like the exact situation that was happening but he really thinks that is not what happened and the reporter talked to brandon's dad brandon's dad is so pissed he's like this shit like this just doesn't happen like i'm definitely going to sue and in the vengeance is mine forum darkest mind is posting again and he's mad this time because bayview 2020 the person he was exchanging revenge comments with has gone silent yeah no one he's like don't ghost me so things aren't looking good for brandon things definitely aren't looking good for darkest mind yeah (laughs) um now we're about a week and a half later it's uh we're checking in with phoebe Jules and Sean are dating now. They've apparently grown super close since this whole Brandon's death thing. Um, Which, and I then mean, I get the trauma that- bonding, but if if a guy slut shamed one of your best girlfriends in public, like right, what does he feel? I know Jules is a social climber. She sucks. She does. We also learned that the truth or dare game is not anything anymore. That really fizzled out as well. But Emma is sort of being cordial to Phoebe again, so like there is some sort of silver lining here. Yeah, Brandon's funeral was a week ago. Um, that also took place. Everyone's having mixed feelings about it. But Knox is kind of an addition to Emma and Phoebe now. 
And yeah. they're all driving home because Knox has agreed to play Bounty Wars with Owen finally. When they get a flat tire and Knox changes it, which I thought was very hot. Um, yeah, extremely hot. Hey, I don't know how to change a flat. Same. So inside, they go inside the apartment. Um, Phoebe and Knox kind of catch up more about how Eli's been getting a lot of death threats from seemingly the same person. And then Owen gets home. They play Bounty Wars with him. Um, and Phoebe's like, you know what? Okay, I'll I'll hang out with you guys in a minute. I just got to go get a hair tie from Emma. And she goes into Emma's room and she realizes that Emma's like not good. She's like, are you yeah. sick? What is up? And then she realizes she's hammered. She's so drunk. Yeah, Emma's like bawling her eyes out and is so drunk, which is very unlike her like straight A student prim and proper sister. Mm-hmm. So something's going on um also in this moment Knox does finally have a memory of Sean at the construction site and he remembers Sean taking a video so he's like I bet if I could get to Sean's phone I could do that and he does try but like it's it goes really badly (laughs) yeah he is on his way to the cafe he when he runs into Sean and he tries to get his phone um but Sean is like oh dude you don't need my phone I see I see you have your phone and Knox didn't really think that went over yeah before he goes to the cafe though he overhears a conversation between his parents about a settlement his mom came to agreement with regarding brandon and that he should have gotten a harsher punishment knox tries to ask follow-up questions he doesn't get many so that's a mysterious thing something suspicious um Luis also starts to ask knox like some questions about like what happened at the um site and Knox kind of tells him what he told him like yeah I was trying to see if there's something on Luis's uh, sorry on Sean's phone and the at- intense guy is back at the cafe too being as suspicious as ever they gotta stop doing that why is intense no. guy there the gang takes a little field trip we go on a little field road trip. trip we're going Woo. to Goodwin Field for our happy montage they're at Cal State for Cooper's game Oh, and the happy montage quickly ends because Maeve gets a nosebleed again. Oh, yeah. She goes in the bathroom. She's, like, cleaning it up. And when she comes out, she sees Luis and Monica and Jules and Sean. And she's just like, I just got to take my shit out on Luis because it seems like he's on a double date and I'm mad. Yeah, yeah. Maeve is very jealous. And she ends up, like, really laying into Luis of, like, wow, you're so, like, basically calls him, like, a vapid dude bro. Yeah. And Luis is like, great. So now that I know what you really think of me, I'd love to, as a friend, get your phone number. Ouch. And we find out that it was so he could send her the video that he just got from Sean's phone mm-hmm. uh, because he was trying to freaking help Maeve and you ruined it. Um but this is all just as stressful because she gets yet another nosebleed at this game. Nate comes and finds her, like, freaking out. He takes her to a place where they can sit and talk. And she talks about, like, basically all the things she's stressed about. Especially, like, for some reason, she's very stressed that him and Bronwyn aren't together. And he's like, hey, don't worry. Like, Bronwyn and I are we're always going to get back together. Like we will be fine. Stop worrying about us. It is really sweet. And he does convince her to tell her parents about the cancer thing. Yes. And she's like, okay. So Maeve does that, gets it out of the way later that night. And the next day she shows Knox and Phoebe the videos and they go through them. And it seems like Brandon's dare was to jump on the roof, but he falls through. And then that's when Knox showed up. They don't feel like they can do a lot with this video. Maeve's like, I gotta go because I have a doctor's appointment for my remission symptoms. And this is where Knox and her kind of make up because, like, they're not yeah. gonna fight if he thinks his best friend has cancer. Exactly. Yeah. They they kind of have a, like, a, okay, maybe this isn't that important in the grand scheme of things, which is good. Yeah. Um, and then also as they're leaving this drama office that they're hanging out in, just in, like, the auditorium that's, like, outside of it, uh, there's this kid, Matthias, who's just, like, weirdly hanging out there and he just tells phoebe like oh yeah emma left school so you have to find another ride home um yeah yeah so she goes on home um phoebe's mom also calls on the way and is like emma didn't show up to do a walkthrough for this restaurant which is very unlike her she goes into her room to check on her and emma is drunk again on gin on gin on gin she asks if phoebe loved derek 
Phoebe's like, no, that was a huge mistake. And she whispers that she just didn't think he'd keep going. And Phoebe is like, who? Who are you talking about? But Emma passes out. But she passes out again. She passes out again. We don't get anything. No time. Um, And then we're back at Knox at um, the lawyer's office. There is more death threats coming in. So they're going to start investigating them because they can tell they're all coming from the same person. Um, He also knows that Nate left his code at the office because he was talking about like the construction site with the lawyers and he's like i'm gonna be a good little intern and also go get some answers of my own i'm gonna go give nate his coat back Mm -hmm. so he treks over to nate's house and there's a party going on because nate lives at a like a house now with a bunch of other people his age um and nate ever ever the lone wolf type is doing work in his room while this rager is going on yeah he's like doing construction work for Knox's dad and yeah Knox comes through and notices this and Nate kind of explains that if you're paranoid enough the parking garage kind of seemed to be tampered with and the fact that someone removed beams from it so he's like maybe they did it for Brandon to fall through I don't know and so Knox is like all right well I'm gonna non-stop think about this until I get home yeah um, and Knox does go home and have a really, really bad fight with his dad. Yeah. His dad is a big, big boo from me. Basically, like, it's it's a lot about, like, the, his dad's mad at him for going through the construction site and how bad that looks for him, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, they seem to get really mad at each other. Um, and they leave it at that. And the next day, Knox kind of reports back to Maeve and Phoebe about the messing of the landing and they're trying to figure out like who would be a suspect would it be Sean would it be anyone who knows um when Maeve's oncologist calls and she just has an iron deficiency it's no cancer good for her it's just iron deficiency some iron pills will cure that right up right up and Maeve uses this as a sign from the gods and the heavens to text Luis to try to like apologize and get back out of the friend zone and like kind of reincarnate things uh so she's got some work cut out for her i mean shoot your shot Um, that's a way to celebrate a good diagnosis after this phoebe does run into jules in the bathroom and jules and phoebe like we're friends for a while and Phoebe can just tell that something's off about Jules. She feels like she's like faking a lot of her like interactions with people and just like a lot of her just day to day. Uh, So it's being really, really suspicious. Yeah, she tries to dig into Jules a bit about the night that Brandon died, but Jules doesn't want to talk about it and makes a jab about her hanging out with Maeve and Knox before she leaves. Yeah. Um. Phoebe gets a note when she goes to work from a coworker, Ahmed. Um, and it is from the intense guy who has been coming in and it says to meet at the gazebo at Callahan park at five 30 and to not ignore him. And she's like, I don't know who's left this. And Knox is like, I think we should do a stakeout. You know what? I think yeah. we should follow him. Yeah. She like, she, the only person she can think of it being is Derek because she's like, he's been in my DMS and I'm refusing to talk to him uh, mm-hmm. because obviously he ruined my relationship with my sister, but let's all go to the park. So Louise, Maeve, Knox, Phoebe, they are all going to the park. Maeve and Louise, for some reason, are going to stay alone in the car. Nudge. Well, um, Phoebe and Knox are going to like gingerly tiptoe their way to the meeting spot to see if they can like see the guy and see who it is without him seeing them which is really funny yeah um and Maeve really tries to kind of explain everything that's going on and while they're kind of talking things out and hashing things out they notice the intense guy is walking back to the car and Maeve does what only any of us could think of doing so that he, he doesn't see that they're watching him. So he shuts her. He shuts up. They, shuts they, they, up. they, she hops into Luis's lap and just starts making out with him. So they just look like any other couple at the park. They only break apart. Yeah. Cause couples make out right <laughs> next to the playground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They only break apart when Phoebe knocks on the window and, uh Maeve is like whoa how did I recline the seat for us to make out I don't even remember doing that um, yeah and Phoebe's trying to like block so Knox uh can't see and they are gonna get in a high speed chase um following yeah, this guy's small blue car 
because Phoebe does not know who this guy is. So they're like, let's follow him and see if we can find answers. Yeah. And while they're on this high speed chase, Knox has and, and Maeve have like Googled the license plate and the make and model of the car. They find that it belongs to this guy named David Jackson. Um, and they're like, this guy's probably darkest mind. So they're getting some answers. But are they? And- because the forum updates with a new post from Darkest Mind saying, fuck you, Phoebe, we had a deal. And now they're confused. They're like, how is yeah. Phoebe involved? Yeah. And so now Maeve's like, is Phoebe hiding something? I thought we could trust her. Maybe they can. Maybe they can't. They were like, is it an ex? Is that why he killed Brandon? Um, And Knox is like, by the way, I forgot to mention, I overheard this little conversation my parents were having about him getting off easy from case. So Knox and Maeve are like, all right, we got to figure out what that is. That might be helpful. Yeah. So he's literally like, Maeve, you're going to hack into the mainframe of my mom's laptop. They hack into his mom's PC and she just like keeps trying birth dates of like each sibling he has, which gets them in. And she gets the files that she needs. She's going to look at them later because Knox's sister is pulling up and there's two encrypted cases featuring a Brandon Weber that she's emailed to herself. She's like, I'm going to read it. Yes. But meanwhile, back at Phoebe's apartment, things are going from bad to worse for Phoebe. Not only some weird guy stalking her. She walks into her bedroom where Emma is just choking in her bed. And Owen also comes in her own vomit. And Owen comes in. He's like, what's going on? And she's like, Owen, call an ambulance. And it's bad. They have to go to the hospital. She's alcohol Um, poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. Not good at all. Maeve is having an okay time, a much better time with her sister because she's reunited with her sister from Yale. She's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to wait to update Phoebe on my findings about the intense guy situation. Yeah. Um, and her and Bronwyn, Bronwyn's going to help with the rehearsal dinner. It's rehearsal dinner night. Maeve is like, um, I got to figure out what is up with Phoebe's stalker. So her and Knox, they kind of follow Phoebe's stalker's car from this like cafe that he's been seen at back to his house for stakeout round two. Um, And in the car, Knox finally reads the note that the intense guy wrote for Phoebe. And he starts piecing together that it's the same font as the death threats that Eli has been getting at until proven. So they're like, maybe we should look at the Diagnostino piece, the pizza piece. And yeah, they realize that the police officer has a younger brother, Jared, who's on probation. And they're like, okay, this has to be him. And they're and they realize he's the intense guy. Yeah. Um, and at this moment, Darkest Mind posts an update, so they keep following him. And Knox, while Maeve is like hightailing it towards him, is like, let me open the file that Maeve has that on that computer now. And we learn that on that case that Brandon was at the construction site because it was bring your child to work day. And he was the one who was operating the crane or the forklift that dropped the concrete on Phoebe's dad. Isn't that crazy? So they start being like, oh my God, did Phoebe actually orchestrate this? And I was thinking it too. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. But they keep following this intense guy because he winds up at the spot for the rehearsal dinner. Not good. Eli is not picking up his phone either because he told Ashton that he would not be on his phone. So they have to like monitor Jared from afar. He kind of tosses his backpack under the desk, the deck of the restaurant. And they're like, all right, well, this is a crawl space. And I think we both know what's in that backpack. So Knox tries to go first. He can't get through. Maeve goes in. And when they unzip the backpack, it's a homemade bomb. Yeah. Like, I love what Karen did here because she really said, I feel like we're maybe like a 30 of intensity right now. Let's Let's throw a bomb in there. Crank up this dial and make it a freaking bomb. So, of course, Maeve and Knox are like, oh, shit. And they just start sprinting to find a place to drop this bomb and they like toss it over like a the like Bayview a, a Arbitorium or whatever. Yeah. 
Arboretum. And they also find Nate and Bronwyn like leaving that exact area because they're like back together now. And they're like, hey, you two, love that you're back together. We can't explain right now. There's a bomb behind you. Run with us. So now all four of them are just sprinting when the bomb goes off. And in the cut to explosion, we have one of those moments where like in the movie, it cuts to explosion. And then we get a nice memory. And it's Um, Phoebe having a memory with her father making s'mores. She's doing a little bit better than her sister, Emma, who's requiring some help. And Phoebe tries to get help, too. And he's like, listen, your sister needs more help. And she wakes up from this little dream. She's like, you know what? I'm going to start making amends with everything. And I need to figure out why Derek keeps trying to message me so she calls Derek he doesn't pick up um she is in the same hospital that like the whole wedding party's at now Um, I mean I feel like there's only there's only so many nearby hospitals yeah I guess that is true I don't know in San Diego but the nurse at the hospital uh lets her know that a bomb went off at the wedding rehearsal and Phoebe's like are they here and the nurse is like you gotta go downstairs so she does she's like Literally everybody is in the waiting room. People look very disheveled, very distraught. And we learned that like everybody's fine except for Nate, who like got a bunch of shrapnel in his arm because he was blocking the bomb from Bronwyn, of course. Of course. Uh, But we we know he's going to be okay. He's like, he's just, he's just a little tattered and bruised, but he'll be fine. Derek Um, at this moment calls Phoebe back. Um, Bad timing, right? (laughs) seriously can you imagine you're like oh god my friend has like shards in his arm and now i have to talk to my sister's ex-boyfriend who he comes in hot with the worst thing you could say which is like hey you know what i really think that you and i have something here and we should try and she's like no why did you tell everyone about us and he's like uh well first of all i didn't but like i i told your sister i told your sister about it immediately He told her immediately after it happened. So we're like, oh, shit. Emma knew the whole time. And when when Phoebe goes back to Emma's room, there's a detective there. And we learn that Emma was trying to frame Phoebe for this entire truth or dare game. And Emma is immediately like regretting everything, saying it went too far. So it's just like, what the actual fuck? I know Jared, the guy who was messaging them, he, since he successfully killed Brandon, um, he was really mad because he wanted to kill Eli for jailing his brother. And uh, that's not really what Emma was in for with this. No. She didn't no, want Emma anyone like, to die. Yeah, Emma just thought it'd be like a fun little like brain teaser. But no, it went way too far, way too fast. Now Emma's obviously on the line for this as well. Because Emma, one day when she was like looking to see how much funds were there for her for college, she found the file that saying her dad was killed by Brandon, which can you imagine how bad that would be to like find your sister making out with him? You're like, are you fucking kidding? But you don't want to tell her? Well, why wouldn't you tell her? Why wouldn't you tell her what you found, Emma? I don't know. Um, but gonna we're going to break up. from this, this this little debunk that we just got. Yeah. Because it is the wedding day. The The Lawton family is missing, of course, from this, this charade that's going on. But Maeve's at the wedding. She dances with Louise. Um, and M- Maeve decides she's going to apply to Peru with Addie to teach English for the summer. Fun. Some, something fun. Her and Knox have a little, little talk time. Yeah, Knox and- is being really thoughtful, though. He's like, I gotta go take Phoebe a piece of cake. Like, I just want to see yeah. how she's doing. Yeah, so he brings her a cake and a, a, a bunch of lawyers for Emma that she could look into, which is really, really nice. I know, seriously. Um, they go to uh, Phoebe's rooftop and they uh have a little moment but phoebe breaks down and then they start kissing and Knox is like let's put a pin in this you are going through a lot right now and i really don't want this to be a thing where you're just like into me because like of all the shit that's going it's a really sweet moment she's like stressed because she's like did brandon die because of like me because my dad's dead my whole family's falling apart and when he hugs her she confuses his heart beating really fast for her and not the fact that he's afraid of heights um which I think yeah. is really cute. And like later after they're really done kissing, cute. um, she's like, I'm just, I'm so stupid. I just thought your heart was beating fast for me. And I was like, oh, Phoebe, I just wanted to hug her. Phoebe, yeah. 
Um, he does get hard later, and he's like, uh, just, I guess this is a sign that everything works, which makes her laugh, ooh. which I was like, that's kind of funny. That's cute. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, we do a little fast forward moment to when Phoebe goes back to school and she's of course very nervous because of everything that's gone down. She does talk to Jules about Brandon's death. They seem to kind of be on good terms at the end of this whole thing, which mm-hmm. is weird to me, but okay. Um, and yeah. after school, she has a meeting with Emma's new lawyer, Martin. And Emma really explains like her side of the story about how truth or dare was Jared's idea. And uh, Emma doesn't know how Jared learned that truth about Maeve. Obviously, we know it was something that he overheard at the cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Martin, the lawyer, is... Like, okay, this is all great, but there's still, like, an inconsistency in my transcripts because you say you backed out, but the conversation kept going. Yeah, and she says she stopped talking February 19th and the convo started like, back no, up you didn't. the next day. And it shows Phoebe um, apologizing and that she's still in. And Emma's like, I didn't, I didn't send those. Did he send them yeah. himself? And they notice from Owen's spelling um, competition – that bazaar is spelled bazaar, like a marketplace. Yeah. And, and that was the word he always got wrong. So they're like, oh shit, Owen picked this back up. Yeah. And they decide, they like, Emma and Phoebe exchange a look and they decide to keep quiet about it. Which is, Isn't that, which is like, how could you not say something? I mean, how could you not? Oh how my could God. You, I mean, we're, I we're the younger siblings, so maybe that's what it is. I think if you're an older sibling, you would definitely be like, I'm not going to say anything. I mean, honestly, but if they're, like, the reason, like, people died, maybe you gotta say something. I don't think I would rat out a sibling. I don't know. This is a weird... This is a moral dilemma because obviously like this entire situation tormented a lot of your friends. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, people died. Almost a bunch of other people almost died because there was a bomb involved. Like you might have to say something. Mm -mm. I would take it to my grave. I would say that he started talking to himself yet again. Would you, would you be fine with Emma after all of this? If she tried to frame you? No. I was kind of, I, that's the thing. I was really shocked that like, like she just dropped the whole, like, yeah, Emma literally like almost framed you for murder thing really, really quickly. Yeah, I know. I would um not be okay with that sibling for, I think at least a decade. Yeah. I think I it mean, would take anything, a while. I mean, if anything, it's like, okay, maybe don't rat off the younger sibling, but just keep throwing it on like, yeah, my older sibling's like. Oh, I'd be Should pissed. Be like, you know better, <laughs> you know? You know better. Yeah. I think I had uh. a little bit of a... Be- uh, I think I liked this book more, surprisingly. Um, I think the first one was, like, really good in establishing and also yeah. a really good book. But for They're some reason... really good. The stakes were so high. And, like, I wanted Phoebe and Knox to be together so fucking bad the whole book. Ah, uh, I hope we get more of that in book three. Hey, and um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Okay. Oh, okay. I feel like I could keep talking about this ending forever, but we'll save it for like our, our final episode. Maggie, let's talk about who the biggest liar of the, the episode is. Oh, okay. The biggest liar. Oh, okay. The biggest liar. I mean, it's gotta be Owen. You know? It's gotta be Owen. I was like literally about to be like, maybe it's Emma, but I was like, no, it has to be Owen. Owen was just getting his little cafe food. Going upstairs to play Bounty Hunters. He wasn't telling and anyone he was having a conversation with a stranger online? Yeah. Yikes. Owen. Not good. That's a liar Just behavior. <laughs> All right. And that'll bring us to our top five for this episode. Uh, as we know in this book, they hang out with Cafe Contigo a lot. So Maggie and I were saying, here are our top five other places that our, our little baby crew could hang out other than Cafe Contigo. Yeah, you're in San Diego. You got to. You got to. got to. Coming in at, uh, well, do you want to start or do you want me to? 
Uh, I'll start. Well, we can just, we'll all you start. The, what will we know? You okay, start. Okay, so this is a really good one, we think, because we know that Maeve never really got a lot at Cafe Contigo because she didn't have money. So what, what more friendly of a budget option than going to a little bowling alley? You can get a few hours, very, very cheap. Mm-hmm. Feels like a great place for them to, you know, go during the day, have a soda, play some lanes, go to at night for cosmic bowling. Absolutely. It's, it's open it's open so early and so late perfect spot day and night activity number four i really think that they would have a great time if they went to an alien convention i know roswell I new mexico is nearby i know there's a really big one there maybe check it out in the summer you know yeah um <laughs> we also think that they could go to the san diego zoo that could be a fun place for all of them to kind of gather maybe they're like hey meet me in front of the lions and we can talk about who's been lion lately lots of metaphor and pun potential here when you think about maybe it. they have the same situation at the san diego zoo going on with the st louis zoo where like a peacock yeah. will just be walking around randomly out yeah. of the that's pretty crazy That'd be crazy. Coming in at number two, really like this idea that Laura pitched, but we're thinking about a monster truck rally. I think personally, Cooper's boyfriend, Chris, would be really into it. I also just think the comedic uh, point of view here where they would just be trying to talk about like all the things that they're finding on the forums, like over the like engines of these monster trucks. Mm -hmm. um, It'd be really funny. It's it'd be a hard place, but it'd be funny. Yeah, for sure. Um, and number one, we love this idea that Meg came up with. We think that they should be spending their time at a Ren Fair to really discuss everything that's going on. Because this way they could wear disguises when you think about it. I looked up the cl- the biggest one in California, and it's Irwindale, the Pleasure Fair of Southern California. So if Ooh, someone wants to hop in a car and go there, go nuts. Go nuts. And go nuts for us. This is um, our our... Episode. That was it. Episode. 102th? Yep, 102th <laughs> episode. Um, and if you want to keep rooting us on, make sure you are following us at Maggie and Laura on Instagram, at Yobby Reddit on TikTok and Twitter. Yep, we are also at email. If you want to send a little We're at email. <laughs> we're at email. If you want to send a death note um in the form of magazine clips that are clipped out um i still ransom really note. want one i want someone to go yeah, through the effort of scanning it into their computer at maggie and laura present at gmail.com and hey tell your friends that you like this podcast that could be cool tell your next time your friend asks what's been up you say hey listen to this podcast yeah we're great for road trips and for hanging out with the fam yeah and for hanging out just hang out with us you with us. us great time great time yeah um but we'll be we'll be back next week because we'll be actually covering the third book one of us is back one of us one is of back. us is back yep and we're actually gonna be doing a special tuesday release on the day the book is coming out so if you don't want spoilers don't listen to it uh but we're really excited <laughs> but that's that's what we're doing we will see you on release day for karen m McManus's final book in the one of us trilogy and uh we'll we'll see you then try to beat us try to speed read do it we dare you